Good morning and welcome. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights. And today we continue with our series, Battles Frontline. Yesterday we left where Israel had just been defeated in an embarrassing way by the people of a small city of Ai. The embarrassment of Achan's sin had left them dejected. They had gone into battle without proper plans and suffered defeat. They had disobeyed the Lord's command and they had paid for that disobedience. But we saw God giving them a chance to remove the cause of that defeat. And today we shall continue with that story from Joshua chapter 8 and see what happened after that. So we are reading from Joshua chapter 8 from verse 1. Then the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid or discouraged. Take all your fighting men and attack I. For I have given you the king of I, his people, his town, and his land. You will destroy them as you destroyed Jericho and its king. But this time you may keep the plunder and the livestock for yourself. Set an ambush behind the town. So Joshua took all the fighting men, set out to attack I. Joshua chose 30,000 of his best warriors and set them out at night with these orders. Hide in ambush close behind the town and be ready for action. When our main army attacks, the men of Ai will come out to fight as they did before, and we will run away from them. We will let them chase us until we have drawn them away from the town, for they will say, the Israelites are running away from us as they did before. Then we will all, when well, we are all running from them, you will jump up from your ambush and take possession of the town. For the Lord your God will give it to you. Set the town on fire as the Lord has commanded. You have your orders. So they left and went to the place of ambush between Bethel and the west side of Ai. But Joshua remained among the people in the camp that night. Early the next morning, Joshua roused his men and started to add towards Ai, accompanied by the elders of Israel. All the fighting men who were with Joshua marched in front of the town and camped on the north side of Ai, with a valley between them and the town. That night, Joshua sent about 5,000 men to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai, on the west side of the town. So they stationed the main army north of the town and the ambush west of the town. Joshua himself spent that night in the valley. When the king of Ai saw the Israelites across the valley, he and his men hurried out in the morning and attacked the Israel at a place overlooking Jordan Valley. But he didn't realize there was an ambush behind the town. Joshua and the Israelite army fled toward the wilderness as though they were badly beaten. Then all the men in the town were called out to chase after them. In this way, they were lured away from the town. They were, there was not a man left in Ai or Bethel who did not chase after Israelite. And the town was left wide open. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Point the spear in your hand toward Ai, for I will hand the town over to you. Joshua did as he was commanded. 
As soon as Joshua gave this signal, all the men in ambush jumped up from their position and poured into the town. They quickly captured it, set it on fire. When the men of Ai looked behind, the smoke from the town was filling the sky and they had nowhere to go. For the Israelites who had who had fled in the direction of the wilderness now turned on their pursuers. When Joshua and all the other Israelites saw that the ambush had succeeded and that smoke was rising from the town, they turned and attacked the men of Ai. Meanwhile, the Israelites who were inside the town came out and attacked the enemy from the rear. So the men of Ai were caught in the middle with Israelite fighters on both sides. Israel attacked them and not a single person survived or escaped. Only the king of Ai was taken alive and brought to Joshua. When the Israel army finished chasing and killing all the men of Ai in the open fields, they went back and finished off everyone inside. So the entire population of Ai, including men and women, was wiped out that day. 12,000 in all. For Joshua kept holding out his spear until everyone had, who had lived in Ai was completely destroyed. Only the livestock and the treasures of the town were not destroyed. For the Israelites kept this as a plunder for themselves, as the Lord had commanded Joshua. So Joshua burned the town of Ai, and it became a permanent mode of ruins, desolate to this very day. Joshua impaled the king of Ai on a sharpened pole and left him there until evening. At sunset, the Israelites took the body down as Joshua commanded and threw it in front of the town gate. They piled a great heap of stones over him that can still be seen today. The Lord's covenant, re- uh, the Lord's covenant renewed. Then Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, on Mount Ebal. He followed the commands that Moses the Lord's servant had written in the books, the book of instruction. Make me an altar from stones that are uncut and have not been shaped with iron. Then on the altar they presented burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. And as the Israelites watched, Joshua copied onto the stones of the altar the instructions Moses had given. Wow, it was a long read today. But what a contrast from the events that we had read yesterday. Yesterday was all about defeat and punishment. But this chapter starts with such a positive note. It begins with the key back to I. The key to regaining what they had lost in battle. God was going to be part of the plan. Part of their battle this time. It would have been difficult to imagine that they would have ever regained the ground they had lost in Ai. But Israel had learned that the only way back to Ai was getting back on track with God. They had dealt with their past. They had dealt with their failure in repentance. And God decided to use that past as the foundation for their next victory. And so God tells Joshua, arise, go back to Ai. There wasn't time to brood over repented sin. There wasn't time for self-pity and feelings of despondency. No, they had dealt with their sin. God had already forgiven them. It was time now to focus on being victorious. It was time to focus on the battle before them. 
And notice how different these are this time because they have decided to involve God in their affairs. God tells them that they can keep the spoils this time. If only Achan had waited, if only he had been a little patient, he could have had all that he had desired. But he didn't. He did what some of us do. We get impatient. We think that the Lord has forgotten about us, that he has forgotten to bless us. And so we rush into things. We take matters into our own hands and mess up opportunities that, that could have been a blessing to us because we are too impatient to trust God's plan. Do you remember how confident the Israelites had been in chapter 7? They didn't even wait for the Lord to give them the battle plan. They decided to send a few men into battle because they saw it as a simple task. Had they involved God in their plans, they would have known that the enemy was stronger than they thought. But this time round, God is the one giving them the battle plan. He tells Joshua, lay an ambush for the city behind it. God gives them a foolproof plan for victory. And this time Joshua doesn't send 3,000 men. The word of God says he sends 30,000 mighty men of valor. This time he didn't underestimate the enemy. And beyond the general battle plan the Lord had given him, Joshua applied common sense to come up with a detailed plan. He committed every available resource to the battle. And this time, this time he understood his enemy better. He didn't sit back and wait for the troops of Ai to come and attack them. The word of God says he went that night into the midst of the valley. He took the offensive. He attacked the enemy before he got to them. You know, sometimes we think that Christianity is a life of dawns. Do not steal, do not covet, do not lie, do not do this, do not do that. We forget that we are called to be, that we are called to be doers, to regain the lost ground. The Israelites had to take the offensive. They had to take the battle to eye the same way. We must take the offensive against temptation. The same way we must take offensive against the corruptive powers of darkness. We have been saying here for the last eight days that we are in an active battle with the enemy. And sometimes one strategy does work in similar battles. But there is a reason why even in military there are different strategies. We talked of, of several of this in a few days. There is first, their first strategy did not work. And God directed Joshua to use a different strategy against I this time. You see, God works with us in a personal way. He gives us what will work for us. One strategy may work for one person and fail for another. But there is diversity in God's method. And so while I tried the same strategy they had used on Israel the first time, God gave Israel a different strategy and it worked for them. I was destroyed and burned to the ground. You know, God didn't leave the work halfway. His victory was complete. And because Israel had shown their faithfulness to God, he showed his faithfulness to them. He handed eye to them. And all this was possible because they had followed God's plan. Because they had gone into battle with God. Because everything had started with God's encouragement. 
And I think there are a few things that we can learn from this battle. One is that pride breeds disobedience and disobedience breeds defeat. That obedience is always followed by victory and blessing. That the only way to break the chain of pride and disobedience and defeat is by repentance and finding our way back to God. Our God is faithful. He follows through with his promises. He had promised Israel that when they came to the promised land that they would build an altar. They build an altar for him. And the Bible says that Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses. This was a fulfillment of the words of God in Deuteronomy 28 and 27. They built an altar there and sacrificed to the Lord. They worshipped the Lord in recognition that their victory was not a work of their own hands, but a doing of the Lord. I'm just going to pause there and make this declaration as prayers for us. That may we find our way back to the Lord when we fall into the temptation of this world. May the Lord change your story of defeat today. May he give you another chance to regain the grounds you have lost before because he is a faithful God. And Stop brooding over sins that he has already forgiven you. Rise and regain what you have lost. Rise and follow the plans he has laid out for you. I pray that the Lord may give you a new plan, a new strategy to face what you have failed before, a new strategy to overcome what scares you. Go with him. Involve the Lord in your plans. Involve him in everything you do. And you shall see that victory is indeed the Lord's in Jesus' name. Shalom. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights. And this is Battles Frontline, Day 9. you for your continued support and encouragement to the making of the daily insights reaching an average of 60 people a day with over 10,000 total plays i invite you to partner with us by supporting this podcast through monthly or one-time donation your contribution will be used to sustain the episode subscription and hosting platform My goal is to inspire and share insightful messages in our generation, empowering one person at a time each day to continue serving the purposes of God in our generation. Your support is highly appreciated. Click that support button now and give your support. You can support with $1, $5, or as much as you are able to give blessings.